Blog Talk Radio. In order to be free, you have to know the truth. Pastor Lionel Gant seeks to use the truth of God's word to help stop the tide of violence and mass incarceration used to enslave people all across this nation. Now, the word of truth by Pastor Lionel Gant. I am looking for freedom, looking for freedom, and Glory to God, glory to God. This is Pastor Lionel Gant, and we're live once again in Atlanta, Georgia, and we're coming to you with the whole truth and nothing but the truth radio broadcast. Today I have two two guests that's on the line with me, and uh, and and I want you all to introduce yourself. Uh, Brother James, I wanted you to introduce yourself first and talk about uh, the situation that you're in in Atlanta, and we want to and uh and and then then my sister I want you to come in um but before all of that I'm going to ask I'm going to ask uh, my sister I'm going to ask you to to give us a short prayer and uh and before you uh before you come on uh my brother I wanted you to give us a prayer too okay uh, Yes. Good, good morning, everyone. Denisha Washington here from Detroit, Michigan. Most high and favorable Heavenly Father, Jehovah, we come to you. We approach you with hearts of humbleness and mildness in our spirit. We ask that you continue to look out upon us and to truly bless us, tap us on the shoulders and awaken us to the things that we need to be paying attention to, move us to action, to take yes. action on the things that we need to take action on, to pray for one another, and more so than prayer, to be there and to lend a helping hand to our fellow yes. brothers and sisters that are in need. We may not be able to do so through monetary gain, but we can do something with our intellect, our knowledge, or just reaching out um and bartering in some way, form, or fashion to help our fellow neighbors, sisters, and brothers. I ask that you please continue to bless Pastor Gant and all those that are associated with him with this work that he is diligently trying to do to wake up our communities and to call us to action. Bless the listeners in their lives because people are going through things in which they cannot openly speak about right now. They're embarrassed. They're going through a lot of different challenges. I ask that you give them hope at this very moment. Let them know that their challenges are not real, that they're going to make it through to just pay attention to you, to reach out to one another and to have faith continuously. So I thank you for everyone that's here to speak and share. We love you. We wish to worship you in truth and honesty, and we do so in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord and Christ. Thank you. Amen. Okay. Amen. Glory to God, Brother James. Brother James, are you still, are you there? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Uh, good morning. I'm Jimmy Hill from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Father, we just want to thank you and give you all praise and glory, Father, for you. Thank you. You truly have been so good, and you continue to be so good. Yes. I just want to just thank you today, Father. We're touching and agreeing 
and that's asking for your presence to be in the midst. Let's bless, bless us all, Father. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for giving us strength when we feel like we don't have no strength. Thank you for giving us a peace of mind. Father, we need these days, Father, there's so much going on. It seems like if it ain't one thing, it's another. It seems like there's trouble in my way. And, Father, you just got to cry sometimes. But, Father, we continue to look to the hills. Yes. We know our help coming from you, oh, Lord. We just want to thank you and that you just continue to just help yes. those of us that continue to be oppressed and shut it down, Father. Father, bring light. Father, there's no justice like your justice. Father, yes. let the world see it's time for your justice, Father. Father, let, Father, so much is going on, Father. You know, my son was murdered by law enforcement, Father, and oh, I pray for all these families, Father. I pray yes. for Dante Wright's family. That's, Father, just let us care enough to put our arms around his family, Father, that's the verdict that was handed down yesterday to the office of 14 months of serves and a thousand dollar fine. Father, we know Dante's life is worth more than that, Father. Yes. Father, we just want to just thank you, Father. Thank you for creating us in your image, Father. Thank you for blessing us, Father. Father, thank you for opening doors and make ways, Father. And making ways, we just want to just thank you, Father. We're going to give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. You know, we are living. We are living in some crucial times nowadays, and I want to. I want to kind of explain to the people that because they don't understand a lot of things that's going on. You know, when we're talking about police officers, okay, they are. They are. They are under their own police uh, bill of bill of rights. They have. They have their own set code of laws that they're operating under. So when they when they when they commit a crime in the mission in the in the mission of uh, you know making an apprehension or, or in the line of duty or in the line of their services, they are they are they are protected by that by that by that constitution that 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 oversees them. So 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 my brother, I wanted to start with you uh, talking about what what happening and 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 tell us a little bit about what y'all are doing now feeding the people. Okay. Uh, okay. Let me just tell you. Right now, we time out and I fight for justice for my son, and we are feeding the homeless. We are a blanket passing out blanket. We are down here at Woodrow Park in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, along with uh, 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 Atlanta Justice Alliance organization and different organizations. We're coming together, and you know, today is his birthday. Okay. Uh, the other day is my son's birthday. Good. My son was, uh, 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 so my son January twenty seventh. 2019, my son was unarmed and surrounded, yet shot and killed by former Atlanta police officer Son Kim on the assumption of a bogus armed robbery warrant in which the witness came forward and stated that there was no gun nor armed robbery. Mm. Atlanta police failed to properly investigate the warrant, and because of their sloppiness and carelessness, that led to, that led to, that, that led to, it played a part in my son's death. The young lady Kelly Brogan, who lied to authorities, uh, we are, we have been trying to get her subpoenaed, but Bullard County District Attorney Fannie Willis refused to subpoena her, uh, knowing that she she lied. So the thing about it is, we we've been fighting three years. January the twenty second of this year, twenty twenty two May, three years we've been fighting this case. This case was investigated by Bullard County, uh, uh, the Public Integrity Unit of the Bullard County District Attorney Office. Well, 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 and County District Attorney Fannie Willis had worked a number of years and where she is in charge of now. According to their investiga- investigation, the report stated that 
the shooting of my son, Jimmy Atson, on January the 22nd, 2019, by Son Kim was not justified, and Son Kim should be charged with felony murder, aggravated assault, and violation of oath. At the time he was getting ready to be uh, indicted, the COVID-19 hit, and all grand jury hearings were stayed. And so a new prosecutor was in, 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 in by the time everything cleared up, a new prosecutor was in at one election and reported the kind of district attorney who continues to speak about integrity, but, but continues to fail to, to, to stand on truth and, mm-hmm. and be about justice. All our family ever asked for was fairness, truth, and justice. And we have so many obstacles to overcome. We had so many hurdles. And, and, and we couldn't have made it, it couldn't, we couldn't have made it this far without God. We know who we had to lean on for comfort. People don't understand what police brutality does to the family. We've had we've had um, a, 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 a depression, a, a discouragement, mm-hmm. broken heart, heartache, and you know even though God say he, he keeps a record of all our tears and keeps them in a bottle, I think it's been enough tears to fill up that bottle. Mm-hmm. And you know there's so much, so much, so much going on, and so much. So much is being done to to to, to try to keep us remain silent, and, and so they can they wanted to sweep it under the rug because they don't want to be known as a beautiful city, uh, a, 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 a city of love. But how can you when you got all these homeless people out here who we feeding today, and they sleeping on the bridges and everywhere, and 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 police, you know, Atlanta got a police brutality problem, and it continues to be hidden. See, it needs to be addressed. And, my, and, my, and what hurts me so bad is you have black leadership. That's right. Here, here we are, the birthplace of Dr. Martin Luther King, creator of the civil rights movement. And it seems like when it comes time for people to come to Ebenezer Baptist Church for funerals and things, and it seems like it just don't turn into a showtime. Because so, so many people don't walk with King and, and want to quote what, he, quote what Dr. King quoted, quote some of his quotes. But they strayed so far away from what, what Dr. King was about. Dr. King was about fighting against racism and police brutality. Mm-hmm. And one of his things was, one of his things was, we cannot be satisfied as long as Black Americans continue to be the victims of the unspeakable horrors of police brutality. We pastors, out the Black pastors here, men of the Black pastors here, men of Black leadership here. So men are commercialized. So many continue to allow themselves to be manipulated, controlled, and live in fear. So many have become lovers of themselves. And let me just say one thing. And many of them, and, and they refuse, they refuse to get out here on this front line with us. They preach the sermon. Many of them don't even talk about police brutality. Call it what it is. And a lot of these families out here in Atlanta, we've been out here. Uh, it's like we're on the island by ourselves fighting. So we refuse to put our trust in man. We have to continue to trust in God and let Him continue to open doors to make way. But black mm-hmm. pastors continue to remain silent and, and, and turn their back to the situation. And what I can understand is. How is it all these black cops can come together in Georgia and boycott Home Depot, yet refuse to do anything about all these black boys getting murdered by law enforcement? <laughs> yeah, you, you, all the black cops came together on Western Chapel in front of the Home Depot and boycotted Home Depot over 20, 30 pounds, black cops, but yet to see all these young black men get murdered, like my son, by law enforcement. And these black pastors refuse to say anything, refuse to do anything, and, 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 and refuse to support these families. Won't, okay. won't be with us at a press conference. 
They won't come to a press conference. They won't. They just won't support us at all. And here you are, and I and I have to say something to him because I know they have to be accountable to God. But here you 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 had a boss of God. Two of them just opened up the doors of the church and, and wait for people to come in. You got to go out there and preach the gospel. Bring those out of the dark into the light. And so this case here had been, this case had been very difficult. But you know we're not going to give up. We know freedom is never given to us. Our freedom always has to be won. And God ain't followed this part just to leave us. Amen. So, so we're gonna continue to fight. We taking time out of this fight uh, 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 to feed the homeless, to talk, it prayer, prayer going on up here, and um, uh, pass out gloves, pass out blankets. And next Saturday, January the twenty sixth, it'll be my sixtieth birthday. Okay. And I decided that I would like uh, we we're gonna have a Jessica Demi rally right here in Atlanta, Georgia, at Wood Park. Okay. But I just don't want it to be about my birthday. I want I want to invite all the families of those who have been murdered by law enforcement. I want them to. I'm going to say all their names. I want them to bring their posters. I want them to bring their flyers. I want it to be a family. It's a we thing. It's not an I thing. It's a we thing. Because we're going to say all the names. Okay. okay. You know, by the time we by the time we come together, it's, it's that time. Ain't no it's time for no more excuses. It, it, it's time for no more excuses. We see what's going on. We see how the enemy continues to attack us. We see the boldness of the enemy. And yet and still, we continue to allow ourselves to get distracted and, and, and confused and played against one another. It's just time out for that. If you ain't willing to do nothing to get out here in this street and fight for justice against these, this injustice of a system, then just move on out of the way and let Amen. those fight who want to fight. Amen. It's going to come a time when, they, when they're going to have to, they're going to have to make a stand. You know, you know, when I started this campaign, you know, to stop the violence and the mass incarceration of our people, you know, they they they, they laughed at me. They were like, "Yeah, man, what you talking about? You can't get involved with the government." I said, "No, we have to get involved with the government because because they are controlling everything that we do. So it's up to us to come up there to make the difference." And and dealing with police brutality, you know. As I was saying when we first started the broadcast, you know, they are protected. They are protected by by their own little constitution. You know, as being police officers, you know, they have a governance that they are under. But now we're seeing nationwide where this, where this problem is being addressed. As I used to be the only one out there addressing it. I used to be the only one out there picketing it in front of the churches, in front of the the police stations and and doing these things, but now we have a following nationwide. So we're gonna get there, bro. We're gonna get there. And I thank Amen. women like like you that's willing to stand up for the you know, stand against injustice. Um, my sister, can you come in and tell about the uh about the, the thing that uh is happening with the family up there in Detroit? Yes. Um and so to our brother here on the line. I want you to know that we're here in Detroit, Michigan. Are definitely with you. I don't know what all we can do, but I pledge to my last breath to do everything that I can to be in support of you and everything that you're saying. And Pastor Ann for having us this opportunity. Don't ever feel like you're alone because you know what's happening there is happening in all major metropolitan cities, the city of Detroit, the city of Chicago, and so forth and so on. It's time to get up off our butts, people. 
and to support. Yeah, the work is um, outside the church. Yeah, the work is outside. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Because of Pastor Gant, we have this opportunity. Uh, and, of course, our thoughts and our views are ours. They are not his or those of the radio station or the podcast. They are ours. But we know that this is the truth and things that are happening right here um, in the city of Detroit. I mean, we have things on the news right now um, that's happening. People are losing their minds, police officers included. Um and, and I'm sorry, Pastor, because I was supposed to be stuck on one thing, but here I go. Yeah, I yeah, want to say this, was right. Amen. I Amen. Want to say this about our police officers. Um, first Hold of all, on. there is a bounty on back, black lives. I'm Thank sorry. you. Were you mm-hmm. saying Can you something? say that again? Can you please there, say that again, what you just said? Pastor, uh, Pastor Gant, if you would, there is a bounty on black lives. Amen. A lot of the major insurance companies know full well because our ancestors were enslaved, many of them which were never freed. You still own the property. So we're like stock. These guns and these knives and this violence that are being, is being perpetuated in our neighborhoods is done so because it's planned out that way. Mm-hmm. And here in the city of Detroit, during the co- – I'm sorry, Pastor Gant, were you saying something? No, I'm, I'm just okay. agreeing with you. They want us okay. to kill ourselves. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, so 87% crime rate has uh, come up in the city, but the surrounding suburbs, which are less than six to ten blocks away around the perimeter of the city, it's lower. Uh, our governments have done nothing to give vitamin and mineral supplementation uh, to any of the people who have collected, collectively acquired this COVID-19 virus that they've given, you know, these people watch us, they study us, they know exactly what's going on, they know exactly what to expect. When you take and you have a community of people and you oppress them, depress them, they're, they're saturated with poverty, lack of quality of life, education, and they can't do anything for themselves because, again, all of these things are still being perpetuated. You know that the outcome is going to be crime and death. These officers, in behalf of those that cannot speak and uh, blow the whistle, a lot of officers are made to do things like murder people, and they can't come right out and tell you, I'm being forced to do this. This is a choice between my life, my family's life, and if I don't do this, not only are they going to kill me, they're going to kill my family as well. Crime is widespread and rampant within our judicial system, within our police system, the police officers that are dealing with things, do you really believe, and I want you all to think about this, I'm not talking about those who purposely seek to kill and take life so they join the police force or they join the military. You see, we have people, military people out here that can tell you about some of the horrors and atrocities that people join the military in order to commit. I'm talking about our police officers. I want you all to remember that they are trained to do exactly what they are doing, to commit genocide and eugenics within the black community. They are taught that we are criminals. When you've been brainwashed and taught a certain way, you react and you think that way. Now, I don't know what the young man who shot our brother's child was thinking about when he murdered him, when he killed him, when so many of our brothers and sisters have lost their children to senseless gun violence even in this instance where the cop is allowed to get, what is it, a year, two years? 
they yeah, allow yeah, to like walk you. free. How insane is that? We cannot continue to sit down and be quiet. If we stand up, we're going to hold your foot to the fire. You're going to mm-hmm. have to answer for the judicial decisions that you make. Mm-hmm. Then people will do things differently. Y'all get That's what right. I'm saying? Again, thank That's right. you, uh, to Pastor Gant for everything well, that he well, is doing, and we need to be in support of him. Just a second. Hold yourself for just a second. Uh, but, James, uh, what happened to the, the – okay, they, they just – what happened to the police officers that shot your son? They just – they just laid him off, and he just went and got okay. him somewhere. What is his status now? Oh, okay. Okay. Well, 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 I, you know, I just have to be real about when I say things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being real on this, I mean, right, but I know I'm right on this situation. A lot of people who's in our way is black folks. These black folks in there, they put a lot of male teacher bottles. People don't mm-hmm. know she got another side of her. She's yes. about to play so many political games with us. It took uh-huh. her two months. It took Atlanta me two months to offer her condolences after my son was murdered. In a meeting that I found was scared to meet Chief Seal, Atlanta me a Keisha Bottom popped up a day before a town hall meeting that was scheduled for Cascade Methodist Church in Atlanta because she knew we were coming. Mm-hmm. Two months now, Atlanta me a Keisha Bottom, after much pressure, uh, allowed the officer he had a choice to fight, be fighting every time he was dying. And now he's doing surveillance work for the federal government. Mm. This same officer, a 26-year veteran, Son Kim, a 26-year veteran, who I would have been known for his over aggressiveness. How was he? Why was Why was he in charge of a federal task force? Why did they need a federal task force? You know, mm. my son, uh, Son Kim lied. He lied. It, it's so much stuff in, in in the book that I have on the public integrity unit that a lot of pastors I've let them see, and the way they shake their head and say, uh. Man, this ain't right. But you won't, you won't, you won't speak out and do nothing about it. Let me tell you something. He lied. He lied to his. He lied to his coworkers, and he stated that my son had a history of violence against police officers. When the when when the public integrity unit or the Florida County District Attorney Office, when they investigated it, they found out my son had one misdemeanor, one misdemeanor against police officers. And it was in and, and it was in twenty August the seventeenth, twenty eighteen. Okay, let me tell you one more thing. <clears throat> he failed to call SWAT. That was the operational plan. My, my son became barricaded. He failed to call SWAT. He told he, my son complied with it with his command. The man to come out with his hands up. My son raised his hand, and he shot him one time, blow the eye, blowing out his brain. My, my son was in a small closet on his back with a, a partially clothed, and, and, and he's told him to come out with his hands up. Four officers in the room with guns drawn, not tasers. They know my mm-hmm. son to have a weapon. Four officers in the room with, with three feet, a small room, three feet for my son, all on a gun drawn, and only one shot. And Con, and son Ken said he felt his life with threat. If he felt his life with threat, my son would have had so many bullet holes in him, you wouldn't have been able to count it. Now, one no, officer stated, let me just say this, I'm going to say something. One officer stated that he had it, he, uh, he, his right hand was coming up when he told him to come out. Another officer stated, my son raised his right hand, and it was like in the motion of a gun. Another officer stated that my son had two hands together. Now, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis had all of this on her mm-hmm. desk. And I'm going to just say this. 22 days later after my son was murdered, a 10-hour standoff in Brookhaven, Jordan, 
about 10 miles from my son, a white dentist. He shot at his girlfriend in the house. They came to serve at one. A 10-hour standoff. You know what they did? The proper procedures, they called SWAT. They sent in a robot. They sent in tear gas. They, they entered the, the, the room, a small room, a, a room full of guns, and guess what? They brought him out without a scratch. They brought my son out in a body bag, and they didn't get in 10 seconds. Now you sound like me now. Mm-hmm. So I, I okay. wanted to say if I could, you, you guys, when you think about the trauma and the things that have taken place with the families and the humiliation that they continue to have to face with people ignoring them, acting like their child, their case didn't matter, and you see people that look just like you with the same yeah. skin color doing the yeah. same thing that the white slave master has done to us all along. Yeah. Yeah. Now, see, yeah. I'm not yeah. talking yeah. about people who do things who yeah. definitely need to be, I'm not sorry, I, I'm going to say this, be shot by the police. Because if you pull a gun on somebody or you got an AK-47 like one case in the city of Detroit and they shoot the yeah. car up, well, I don't think that they need to do that because all they have to do is just make one shot. But the point of it yeah. is, something that's provoked versus something that's not. So here, these people have to go to sleep, hear their son's voice, hear him crying, wonder about how he died, and then on top of that, you have people spitting at you, on you, in your face, like the federal government, telling you that we're not going to help you. Now, I want you all to just listen to this, because I will be considered, I don't know, maybe I might be considered an extremist. I'm not an extremist. And I once wanted to be in law enforcement. I've also had family that was murdered by, I feel, the city of Detroit Police Department. That's neither here nor there. What I'm saying to you is this. Anytime a man can murder somebody, it's going to be deemed murder, but then you can go get a job with the FBI. What they're saying to you is this, black people. You, we don't care. We're going to continue to murder you. It's a start of, It's a push for what's called a race war. That's what it is. Sometimes we can have things that's lingering on and it's just taking too long. You're you're poisoning the people with the the virus. So they're they're having mental illnesses because of the virus. I don't care what anybody says. I can prove what I'm saying. And then you have people that are in poverty, but yet you have people building million-dollar houses. And, you know, everybody living like everything is fine. Nothing has changed for the black people. You have all these nonprofit organizations, some of which are helping, some of which are not. And everybody's saying, we're trying to help the homeless. We're trying to do this. We're trying to do that. If you're not out there on the ground actually doing the work, you're not doing anything. But they're going to kill us. They're going to annihilate us if we don't stand up and we don't do something. You cannot go back to your house, go get in the bed, close the door, and act like this is not happening. It's going to come to your doorstep. What are you going to do about it? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, we got to do it now, and we have to support Pastor Gant and everyone else that's out here, especially him. So not only does he need financial support, spiritual support, and he needs, as they say, boots on the ground, we need to do so, and we need to do so on loyalty. We need to do so on truth. We need to act. We need to act today. Do not go back home or turn off this radio or this podcast and think that you and your children are going to be safe because it's going to knock on your door. Oh, yeah. a, a teacher, I'm going to say this, I'm going to be quiet. There was a teacher, just to show you how deep things are, in Louisiana, I believe, that was putting her husband's sperm and cupcakes and giving it to the children. Just look yeah. it up, you guys. 36-year-old woman putting sperm and cupcakes and taking it to the children. It's the white teacher. 
and you're in the South. How many black students are in these schools? Mm, so, uh. yeah, they're charging her with sexual abuse. But that's not the point. Do you understand what I'm saying? When people can do things like that and feel like they can get away with it, when you can shoot someone and murder them for whatever the reason may be, and you can get away with that, and now you have a job with the FBI, which has been known for pumping drugs into the states, into the cities, and killing and murdering people all along, not to mention what they did to Dr. King, Malcolm X, Sam Cook. Come on, you guys. You yeah. can't go to sleep and yeah. think that this is going to go away. What are you going to do about it? I'm willing to do whatever you all need me to do, and I'm willing and I am going to support Pastor Gant in everything that I can. Now, I'm dying That's for right. cancer. I'm not being treated. But I can still uh-huh. do something. So no matter what state you are in right now, this moment, physically or mentally, if you have enough common sense to think and hey. hear the words that I'm saying, do something to support these men. Do yeah. something to support them and to protect ourselves. Okay. okay. I'm good. Sorry. Okay. Thank okay. You. You're going to, uh, you. You were making a statement about, about, uh, about, about, uh, your son's killer, okay, and and I want to have a clear understanding of of, uh, of of the of the series of events that happened with that. So I want you to take take it slow and go step by step to let the audience know that I can, I understand. I already explained that the police are under their own bill of rights that they have protection to do the job that they have to do, okay, but. I want you to take it slow and and tell the people exactly what happened uh, with your son's killer. Okay. My son killer, son Tim, he's a 26-year veteran. I always have been known for his over-aggressiveness. Okay, hold on, hold on. Uh, is he is he Oriental? Is he black? Is he white? He's Asian. He's Asian. Asian. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Asian descent. Okay. okay. Asian descent, 26 years better. Always been known for the over aggression. At one time, he shot at approaching Rottweiler eight times when his, his officers and commanders were telling him to stop because they were in line of fire and they got hit by bits of sharpness. This comes from the Richard Boone of the Atlanta Constitution report. One time he entered a, him, he entered, he was in charge, he entered a, he entered a funeral home looking for a suspect. And they didn't identify. He didn't identify himself. Neither did none of his officers. And they, and they, they they threw down, had their pistol, in a lot of the people faced without identifying themselves. So I'm just saying how and how he was able to get in front. Uh, how was they being put in charge of a task force in the first place? You know, a lot of time when you sit back and think, like, what what do you need? A, what even though we know my son Jim actually commit this crime, what do you need? Why, why do you need a federal task force if Atlanta police arrest murderers and armed robbers all day long without assistance from a federal task force? I, I, I really believe my heart. The reason for the people get officers need to get the federal task force involved because it ups the level of intensity and it makes more like make it a, 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 a get a license to kill these young black men because it mm. most, most more the FBI most want it most, most, most want it dead or alive. Mm. So most days you think about it now, you you up the level of intensity. Now now you on the FBI, you on the, you you the fans looking for you now. So it ain't mm-hmm. like regular police. So you know I think they do that to a lot of these black boys in these states to get these federal task forces. 
they go, the officer, first of all, the officer go lie. And they tell different lies like this officer did. He said, my son would escape with, uh, 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 and like I just say, he went beyond. It was four officers in the room. And let me explain something. The poor public integrity unit or the poor county district attorney office, they hire one of the top, uh, one of the top experts, lighting experts in the country. That where he can get what he can do, he can look at the, the splatters of blood. Uh-huh. And when his team came down, look at look at the splatter of blood and tell you what position my son has been. After they examined for several days and examined the blood on the wall, they said my son, my son positioning. I'm gonna do it in a minute. I'm, I'm on the I'm on the interview. And they said okay, okay. They said they said my son's position was of his hands was he was bringing both of them together. He was bringing both of them together in the middle, and there was no guard present there. Oh, so good. they they yeah they continue to lie, and put the kind of district attorney panel with had all this on their desk. Black pastors, a lot of black pastors don't look this over. Black leadership don't look this over. They I don't I don't put the books in their hands and let them take their time and look at it. And yet, you know what they tell me, man? This is this don't this won't fall to happen like this. We gonna support you, but I haven't got any support yet. It's like they're afraid, even though God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. I don't know whether the post union police union donate money to these funds to to their campaigns, to to to, to their you know to their churches or whatever it is. But you these black pastors, they refuse. You got pastors like you, and several mm-hmm. other pastors that are willing to a Nathan Knight rebel and different other pastors, uh, 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 these small churches that are willing to say something. But these other church pastors, they're not with these black leadership in Atlanta. We refuse to say something except for Attorney Greg, uh, NAAC, uh, 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 for the NAACP, Richard Rose for the NAACP, and uh, several organizations and state several rep- representatives. You know, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, it, it's sad the way that Atlanta Mayor Keisha Bottom allowed this officer to resign instead of firing him, knowing that she has all this on her desk. See, what I don't find out now, Atlanta's about relationship. It ain't about accountability. It's about relationship. I'm sorry. Can you sue them as well? And have you been instructed to sue the union, the police union? Can you do what now? Have you been instructed to sue the police union and also to sue the mayor, everyone who has that information on their desk that did not do anything, including the FBI? Have you been instructed? See, we have a problem with law enforcement. Our attorney has a lawsuit against, uh, our attorney has a lawsuit against, uh, where he tried to sue the city, and and that didn't work so now our attorney had to, because they said she had to sue the federal government. It's each of them that you can sue. You're supposed to be able to sue the union, sue his family in civil court, sue any any law enforcement, any government agency that has proof that that man murdered someone and they let him go, including the judge. But see, it's a thing when we talk about racism and we're talking about racism across the board and our legal and our judicial system is the most racist that there is because you cannot find lawyers that will take cases that are very provable. And these people grow up on the same streets with one another, live up and down the street with one another. It's no backroom dealing. So I'm praying that your attorney will sue every single person that he can and that we as a black community will help to support this man and his family, support Pastor Gant and his work. 
if we're going to give our money to anything, let it not be hair weave and nice shoes. Let's do something that's going to make a difference. I'm in. How about y'all? Okay, well, let's look at that. Let's look at that. Uh, we're going to look at that offline, and we're going to see uh, what steps we can take to bring pressure down on them and uh, and what lawsuits that we can have. Because we're talking about the federal government, so we're going to have to be more strategic about it. Um, okay, uh, I wanted to. I wanted you to to add something uh, for the for our listening audience about. Uh, but, uh, okay, we're getting a lot of noise, a lot of background noise. Yeah, so you know we out here and they got they got a. Uh, okay, can you mute your phone until you until you answer the question? Okay. Can I do it now? Can you mute your phone until we come, until you ask the question? Uh, okay. Okay. Well, I wanted you. I wanted you to go into the importance of our diet. Okay, when we're talking about the I'm black, I'm new to how this is. Hold on. Uh, I, I can mute it. Okay. Uh, well, go ahead. Go ahead. It, it stopped. Okay. It stopped already. Okay. Can you hear? Can you hear now? Yeah. I can hear you well. Okay, my okay. sister. Okay. I want you to go into the, yes, I'm talking to you. I okay. want you to go into how important our diet and what things we can eat, okay, to curb this black-on-black violence and the violence that we're seeing in our community, what kind of things can we do dietarily to stop stop our youth from killing each other? So the first thing that you all need to do is know that there are specific tests that doctors can run in order to give you... Uh, prescription-grade vitamins and minerals that our bodies need. We talked about vitamin D, iodine, selenium. We talked about uh, vitamin C, all the companion nutrients that's needed to detox the brain uh, and to kill off um, germs and bacteria. Most of our immune system lies within our gut. What we eat is what affects our brain and the rest of our body. Listen, you guys, I consume some of the same things, and it's very difficult to get off of sugars. White processed sugar is like crack, and it's to our bodies, to our brains. That's why we're eating all these candy bars, and they got this garbage that's in the school system and at our workplace. Garbage, a bunch of sugar, high fructose corn syrup, and it's, this stuff is making us crazy. And our, our immune system is breaking down. We're developing diabetes, which messes with your brain heart disease, and a whole host of other comorbidities, as they say. We mm-hmm. are we already know that contracting the COVID is literally, literally sterilizing our people, it's cutting off our waste. And this is why I keep telling the people that we are literally in a silent war. And all these things that they're doing to us, is, is doing, they're doing these things to eliminate to eliminate yes. the abortion. If you're going to find an abortion clinic, it's going to be right there in the black neighborhood. It's going to be exactly. right around the perimeter. And mm-hmm. uh, and these things are deliberate. It's not just yes. circumstance. It's not just happenstance. These things are being done deliberately. Now, what I wanted you to explain, I want you to explain the importance of the diet and how 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 this is used to. To, uh, to 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 create violence in our community. Okay, so you have what's called eugenics and genocide. 
it's been well known for hundreds and hundreds of years that if you change the food and the composition of what's in the food that people are consuming, it's going to affect their brains in certain ways. We're talking about GMOs. We're talking about all sorts of chemical and biological warfare, things that our foods are sprayed with. For instance, if you think about um, iodine, uh, they took iodine out of bread in the 1970s. I was born in 1970, to be honest about it, so I'm an old chicken here. Um, and there was a, a sea of goiterism that was taking uh, place in all of the students, uh, lowered IQ. Um, like I said, mental changes. Uh, cancer is linked to iodine deficiency, all, all cancers, all mental illnesses, iodine deficiency, magnesium, iodine deficiency. So when you give people sugar and certain salts and you give them pro foods that have been um, – prepared or made in a lab, and they're produced in industry, these foods not only constipate us, not only causes us brain fog, and we have waste in our body, but we develop diverticulitis, diverticulosis, vascular insufficiencies, weak veins, everything in the world that you could possibly think that will happen will mm -hmm. happen because we're eating this garbage. And it's very addictive. It's very hard to get out of. When you go to the Chinese food restaurant, and every restaurant that has a place in the black community, except for the black people, with their own shelves in the grocery stores, we have monosodium glucamate, MSGs, that are put on food for taste enhancers to keep us coming back. We keep eating this stuff. We keep feeding our children the hot Cheetos and the Frito-Lays and the pop and the sugar, and they keep eating it. We find that they are far more agitated than they've ever been, cannot sleep well. They're more suggestive to the programming of television and um, the video games that they watch. And it's easy to set them in front of the tube when mom has to catch the bus to work and won't get home until 12 o'clock at night or she has to leave out at 4 o'clock a.m. in the morning. We're sending our children to our schools. They are being miseducated. There's a book called The Miseducation of the Negro. Okay, go get it. And so here our children are being fed more garbage, pre-programmed, and they're going insane. They're fighting one another. They're angry. They are hypersexualized with the food and the things that we eat. Now mm -hmm. they have necrotizing uh, – I forgot what it is – some new disease that they came out okay. for. Okay. They have been – Okay, my sister, you, you were going to tell us about a family uh, that was suffering through some things right now, and oh. and uh, and then it turns out that the young lady was uh, was a, a professional athlete. Go yes, ahead. her name is Rhea Coleman, and Rhea Coleman okay. is in the South, and what happened with her, she had a, a ex-boyfriend, I'm not sure if it was ex, her ex-boyfriend or an ex-husband, but she left him, and this man stalked her. And, and I'm telling you based on the information that I have seen. So he stalked her, um, went to court, got to take her children. The children were going to his house, and he was threatening the children, hitting one of the smaller children. Um, he evidently has access to a lawyer that has been fighting for him on his behalf, but further not caring that the children have been distressed. You have a judge that has cited against Ms. Coleman on every aspect of her uh, life with her children. She's made it very difficult for her to keep hold of her children without relinquishing them to this man who has been violent against her. 
and violent against her children. I'm not mm-hmm. taking uh, sides on this. I just want to say this to you all. We as women, because there is a situation that's being used against Rhea Coleman, uh, she married a gentleman who was in jail, and this gentleman was accused of criminal sexual conduct. And this is really important because I want you all to pay, the, pay attention. Mm-hmm. We have people that are misusing and abusing and sexually uh, raping children every day. But there are a small group of men who were teenagers under the age of 18 when they were seeing someone that was possibly 15. There's a three years age difference. And Mm -hmm. once that person turns 18, you have some parents that are going and filing charges of rape or child molestation against that now 18-year-old boy when the fact of the matter is, and just hear me out, don't nobody get upset. We know that young girls start having sex early. Not, I'm not saying that all of them are not willingly engaging in sex because you have people that are raped. We get raped by our uncles, grandmothers, grandfathers, all sorts of things. I'm talking about willingly making the decision that you want to be with somebody because you like them. That person is not yet 18. But when that person turns 18, now all of a sudden your parents, force you to say that this person had sex with you, they did this thing, they did that thing, and they did not. So this young man, from what it was alleged, spent some time in jail for a situation like that. Keep in mind also, we don't always know the age of our, uh, our the people that we get involved with because mm-hmm. we have all these hormones in our food that's making little 12-year-old girls look like 30-year-old women by the body. I know we do. I'm just saying, but this is an underage boy at the time who was willingly having whatever relations with a young girl that was three yeah, years younger than him. Okay. And, okay. and having said that, I want you all to keep this in mind. It's always been a perpetuation against women in terms of young women being handed off to older men to have sex. We even see it in a black community since slavery. Okay. Let us not forget that. So the thing of it is, is that this is being used against Rhea Coleman and her husband, who did not rape anybody, mind you. I want to throw that in there, allegedly. Um, So they are taking her children. They're not giving her the protection that she needs to make sure her children are safe. This woman has not said that she wanted to keep her children from their father. All she said is that he has no right to come to her home and harass her. I'm talking about breaking into her apartment building, and I've seen this with my own eyes, and Mm. you're knocking on her door, listening at her door when you shouldn't be there. We're talking about a justice system that's not doing what they're supposed to do to protect the children, and we have a case right here in Detroit that just took place. FBI was involved. Everybody was involved. The little boy, the young boy was found alive. But back to Rhea Coleman, um, she's not getting the judicial help that she needs. The lawyers are not helping her. They're siding with her ex-husband. She's running out of money. She has no money left. Everything is just, it's a bad situation. So a lot of you all are going through family courts, and we're finding that the courts in the South are not only taking the children out of the home, but the children are ending up being put into foster care, and the children are dying as a result of being taken from their parents put into foster care, and no one is answering for it. So Child Protective Services have people out here, people that look like us sometimes, who are taking our children with no just cause 
sending the children to homes where they're going to be raped, misused, abused, and murdered. And a lot of this also is being facilitated by our medical system. Take the baby to the hospital because the baby is sick, and they call protective services, and someone takes your children, comes in, take all of your children. So there's a lot of people out here in cases that are suffering. You guys need to call in, call in and talk to Pastor and tell your story. Make sure you have your ducks in a row. Make sure you have proof of whatever it is that you're saying. We never want to put anyone in a position where we're going to bring unnecessary, unjust heat. He's willing to stand here and fight for us and to talk about the things that we need to do in our community. But we need to make sure that we come to this man correct. Don't do anything that's going to cause him any pain or undue suffering and unnecessary um, time wasted because we're telling something or trying to get a moment of fame. Be truthful with your situation. Present the facts and call them. Um, and I can't speak on everybody's behalf. I'm in Michigan. Yeah. And, and and as you were talking about the the sister situation, I've come up with a few solutions that we can do, and we'll do that offline, and we'll make okay. sure it stops. And um, and and you know, since the, since the children are under her care, we're gonna have to we're we're gonna. I have a strategy for that. We'll work on that now. I don't know what happened to my boy uh, uh, James. Is he still on the line? I asked him. To yeah, mute. I'm still. I put it on mute. You know, I cut all the knobs down. Okay. I put it on mute. Yeah, I, okay. I got. I've been letting y'all and I just feel so bad. It just, we we got a lot of work to do. We don't got too complacent, and we got a lot of work to do. We 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 being attacked in every area, uh, trying to be thrown off balance and everything. We and we just have to because the judicial system it just it just didn't fail anyway. It it's not toward us, not toward us. And I did like I tell people, liberty and justice, it ain't for all. I mean, yeah. man, so quit saying it's for my all and. You know, I, I don't. I know I don't ma- matter to mo- mainstream America, but I know I matter to myself. And you know, we have to we have to learn how to, to, to help one another. Every other race can help each other, but it just some always wrong when, when one of us trying to. You know, and I, I always say this: if I can run fast or jump so high, then you pay to see me play. But if I speak out for my people or try to educate my people, way to found to make me pay, we got to stop living in fear, start sacrificing because we are not going through nothing compared to what our ancestors went through. And we don't got too complacent, we don't got too greedy, too selfish, too self centered and we got to sacrifice. That's the bottom line. It's time to hold people accountable. We got to hold one another accountable. Mm-hmm. And one thing she said, we got to stop being fooled just by those at the color of our skin. That's what we got to have to let our guard down. We know what white supremacists are going to do, and they know who to use because they study us. But we got to stop being fooled. Everybody that that that, that, that that's black ain't for ain't for the Ain't for black. I'm gonna say ain't for uh, 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 ain't for the right. Ain't for doing the right thing. <laughs> well, that's a shame. That's a shame. But it's true. But it's yeah. true. Yeah. All right. I, okay. So now we're down to our last uh, nine minutes. So I want you all to give out the information. Uh, you you you're having an event on the 26th. I want. I'm you having to an event next Saturday. Okay. Next. Next uh, Saturday, twenty six, uh, mm-hmm. at Woodland Park in Atlanta. I'll be sixty years old, and uh, say so we're gonna we're gonna have a, a desperate Democratic rally down here. But we are inviting all families. We're inviting really everyone, but all families who who who, who feel like you know been left out. All families, 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.